heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Well, as we're all bracing ourselves for a significant election here in the United States, there are a lot of events happening around the globe. And many of these are to, we need to be paying close attention to. And, and the thing is, you know, you, you always have to keep in the back of your mind. Uh, you hear always hear the words of an October surprise or a November surprise. And before an election, that could be about anything. But sometimes these stories can absolutely change the trajectory uh, of, of any election. Significant stories uh, to talk about today, my fellow Americans, and to all of our friends around the globe. And one of them is going to be Iran that is targeting uh, potentially an imminent attack. It is being said, Wall Street Journal was the first to report on this story uh, against Saudi Arabia. And part of that story is that they're targeting their energy. Wow, I mean, we're already having a lot of energy problems. This this would be a game changer to be sure. Uh, so that's a story we'll dive into. And, and it is being suggested that much of this is about the uprising with the Iranian women as a distraction. Uh, we know they're having a lot of trouble in Iran with that story as well. Also in the news here, you're seeing it, or maybe you're not, it's not a lot being reported back here at home about these stories, but uh, the South Korea hits back against North Korea. And as they fire the most missiles in a day, things are really getting very contentious there uh, with North Korea and South Korea. Uh, even North Korea doing an unprecedented attack um, it, right off the, uh, the, the shores there of South Korea in an area they are known never to touch. Uh, that's getting very, very concerning there, what Kim Jong-un is uh, doing and up in the pressure of that. And then a significant story that is being reported all around the globe at this point. It's a big story. Not a lot here at home about it right now, but there will be. It is being confirmed now through secret reports that were released that Vladimir Putin is indeed battling cancer and uh, pancreatic cancer at that, and Parkinson's disease as well. Uh, there's a lot to this story as well. Very interesting to talk about there. And, and another big one, Israel. Now, this is, this is huge as well. And guess what? And we reported on this probably about six months ago. Yeah, that's right. Former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is on the brink of a major comeback in Israel. That is... That's eye-opening, I have to tell you right now, and that surely will change the trajectory of Middle East politics. Well, welcome in, my fellow Americans, again to the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm Aloud here, and all of these stories have great implications to the United States, so let's uh, buckle up our seatbelts and pay close attention uh, to all the stories here. We'll do that today with intelligence analyst Ilana Friedman will join me in this broadcast and walk us through a lot of the things and, and the potential uh, uh, missteps and firebombs that could take place here. Ilana, of course, is a veteran intelligence analyst, uh, been an advisor in intelligence-led counterterrorism solutions, really has committed her life to that. Uh, she trained in Israel, actually, lived there for many, many years, over 16, and raised her family there. Has a very good grasp of uh, foreign policy and these sorts of stories. 
uh, an intelligence that you you don't always hear in the uh, the media, clearly, because many of these things are not reported. Uh, so a lot to talk about, Ilana, today. Let's inform we the people on all of these stories. And let's start with that. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I was going to start with the Iran story, which is a big one, of course. Uh, and then we see what's happening in North Korea, South Korea. But actually, where I want to go, because this is this really is something else, is Vladimir Putin. I want to start there. And, and I'll tell you why. You actually reported on much of this, and I want to give credit to you. Uh, you had reported on a lot of this with Vladimir Putin. Oh, um, last couple of months, actually, two, three months. You've been following closely these stories with uh, intelligence and talking about some of these things. Reportedly, he was very sick and ill. Now, to be fair, they, all those reports were clearly being denied in the media here. And the political class here were saying none of that was true. And Alana, they had to know this was true because our government knows a lot more than they ever admit to. But this is incredible. It's in, and let me just tell folks, this is from leaked Kremlin documents, is what I understand, that claim now he is uh, secretly battling uh, Parkinson's disease and pancreatic cancer, which is spreading very fast, in fact, the reports I've read on uh, just today about here. And, and all of these reports I read through uh, with all foreign intelligence, by the way, Ilana, tell me what we know about this story. Well, we've actually known it for some time, as you pointed out. Uh, Putin has been battling pancreatic cancer and prostate cancer, and it has metastasized, according to, to yeah. the reports that I've heard. Um, and this has been going on for some time. And uh, we we noticed that, for example, his face was, was a little bit pudgy, and this was apparently because of the um, steroids that he's taking and the painkillers, because he's in a lot of pain. And I've been hearing that for quite some time. Um, he, in fact, I heard a report this morning that he's not expected to survive the Ukraine war. Uh, and there's a lot of active discussion now among senior Russian circles about who is going to replace him. Well, let's talk about that. Hold on. Now. I want to I want to discuss with you something that came to my mind. And I was thinking about exactly what you say there. So let's let's think about this with his circle, uh, the generals and his circle of influences out there, even beside the big question you put out there about who would replace him. You know, what I started thinking about, Ilana, somebody like this who is on heavy meds, uh, you're not always thinking clearly, not that he ever was to begin with, but none of this is rational and going to help matters out with what's taken on with the energy, pulling the plug on energy throughout Europe, uh, the fight and the, the gross things he's doing in Ukraine, but also the potential of a, uh, a nuclear strike, uh, a targeted nuclear strike. Uh, do you think his circle and those generals around him, I, I mean, would there be a process I wanted to intervene? Because if somebody like this, who is really respectfully a potential madman, I mean, he could almost do the unthinkable if he's going out and doesn't really care. He could almost do the unthinkable at that last moment. I mean, and I, I started thinking about that more and more before talking to you today. I thought, I, you know, what are the chances? Are the other Is that a real chance or risk? Am I overstating that, number one? And two, what do we have any clue of what might be around him that might prevent that sort of activity? Do you think? Yes, there are there are clues. Um, as far as protecting him, uh, his generals are still afraid of him, 
And he is uh, guarded, surrounded, as far as I can tell, uh, although you don't see any evidence of it uh, in the in the photographs, uh, mm -hmm. by a corps of Chechen guards. And these guys are really tough. Um, and so nobody dares to approach him physically. Uh, that's why he hasn't been taken out a long time ago. Hmm. And and he still has an enormous amount of power. And as far as your question about how the disease and the medications are affecting his brain, hmm. it's been my opinion for quite a long time that he is simply, you know, he, he has gone over round the bend quite a long time ago. And and the things that he's doing doing in 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 uh, Ukraine, uh, the things that he's done from the beginning for these last seven months has been have been so brutal and so inexcusable. Um, but he doesn't care. And, and it's a Russian thing to begin with. Uh, we don't think that way, but they don't care how many people they kill. Right. And given, given his, his um, being so doped up on, on painkillers and, uh, and, and steroids, it would seem to me to be a very logical conclusion to jump to that uh, he is not of sound mind and that he is very per perfectly capable of uh, deploying a tactical nuke in mm -hmm. uh, in Ukraine. So that that's a real possibility when I put that out there, then you you see the yeah. same thing, I guess. I see exactly the same thing. Yeah. I think absolutely now, possible. Let's remind folks, he is 70 years old. That's it. I mean, he's a young 70. I mean, or, uh, you know, I mean, that's not old by today's standards by any stretch. But when disease hits like this, it will take you right out of the out of the ball game of life almost immediately. Now, what's happening is uh, the reports I've been reading in more detail, Alon, about this are really from the UK and Australia and all foreign reports. It's just not a lot back here at home about this right now. It's funny or odd how they seem to have their head in the sand when it comes to foreign policy like this in our country. I don't see a lot like that. They're so laser focused on Democrats and Republicans here right now. But one of the reports I want to read you uh, from these foreign entities is that uh, Putin is regularly stuffed with all kinds of heavy steroids and innovative painkilling injections to stop the spread or attempt to of the pancreatic cancer. Uh, but again, this secret reports that have been released now uh, confirm, Ilana, that it has indeed spread to other parts of the body. Now, what that means is uh, that's... That, that that's the end of life is what that becomes. There's no way to fight that sort of thing with the pancreatic cancer that has uh, uh, really uh, spread to all other parts of the body. That that's a uh, that's a death wish at that point, is it not? Oh, it is, but it's a question of how how long it's going to take, and um, I, I I don't think we have the answer to that. I think he's had this cancer for far longer than anybody's. Right. I know I've been reporting about it for months, yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, because he's so well protected and um, and don't forget, he also seems to have Parkinson's as well. Mm -hmm. And so right, and he right. hasn't, hasn't reached its early stage, so he hasn't reached the point yeah. where he's shaking. Um, but I, I that we that, know of, that we know of, but uh, that we, this, well, yeah, that we that we know probably of more to going on there than we know, probably with all of those diseases. And clearly there is from the reports. I think what's going to happen is now, uh, here's, here's the, the, the bright spot, Alana, just to, to get through this particular hurdle first. Uh, first of all, I, you know, as far as humanity goes, I mean, I, you know, you never wish on any other human being these sort of things, but 
this is in relation to humanity, very good news, actually. And I will just put that right out there now because I absolutely believe that in a fight of good and evil, there, there's, this is, this is the kind of thing you need to do is take these kinds of bad cats out, uh, for whatever that means. But here's the thing as that's happening, uh, it could create some also some very unique opportunities because whatever fills the vacuum and clearly something there, it could, if things play right, immediately stop the Ukraine uh, crisis. And, and I think that is a real possibility because from all reports I've read, Alana, there's not a lot of other people who have support for that war back in Russia. Uh, the people of Russia surely don't. And the young men have been leaving Russia in droves there. And a lot of the military have not. In fact, they've killed a lot of them. So that's probably stated properly, isn't it? Oh, I think it is. But uh, the the problem is uh, whether Putin is going to be driven to do something really dramatic. Yeah. We had a report la a couple of weeks ago that he was planning to deploy a tactical nuke in the in the Black Sea mm -hmm. uh, and and that this would be a kind of warning that he is fully capable and right. willing to do that. So we don't, you know, we simply don't know what's going on in his head. And because these are, he's a Russian, he doesn't think the way we do. And I think it, it, you know, we have to be, one of the biggest mistakes that America has always made in foreign di diplomacy mm -hmm. is not trying to understand the mindset of the people we're dealing yeah. with. No. We always impose our mindset on them we try to well that, that that and we play we play the short-term game they play the long-term game exactly exactly and they play it differently from the way totally, we do totally and and so this is something that we have always yeah. gotten wrong going yeah way it, it's been our undoing and, and it's the russians it's the chinese it's the middle east it's all of it totally. Delana, all of it yeah they all play the long-term game and we we do not do that here and it's it's unfortunate here all right let me move the ball along now uh th this was I just thought an eye-opening story there, and I, I want to move over to now I Iran and uh, to, and uh, Saudi Arabia as well, and talk to you about these uh, pretty wild reports. They, they were first reported actually in the Wall Street Journal, actually, and uh, that that Iran has um, uh, that they're on high alert uh, after warnings of the imminent Iranian attack, uh, and uh, that they're going to target supposedly their energy. Let's see here. U.S. and Saudi Arabia concerned that Iran may be planning an attack on energy infrastructure in the Middle East. Uh, and this is shared intelligence that Saudi Arabia has shared with the U.S. and so on and so forth. Again, when it comes to Middle East, the, the enemy of your enemy of your enemy is your friend is your friend. Is that how that goes, Alana? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, the, you know, this isn't so shocking. I mean, this is something that that Iran has done before. Do you remember the big attack on the the huge uh, Saudi uh, energy plan. It was a, an infrastructure attack like they're talking about. Uh, it was several years ago and it was huge. And they use the, uh, um, the, the, the Iran uses the Houthis as their surrogates. I mean, in, in uh, Yemen, and there's a war going on between uh, um, uh, the, the Houthis and the Yemenis and, and Iran is on, on the side of the Houthis and Saudi's on the side of the the Yemeni. So, you know, this has been going on for a long time and it may happen, but it's happened before. It's not what I take most seriously because there's an awful lot going on in Iran. They just had a um, an attack on one of their Shia mos mosques by ISIS. Wow. And wow. While that 
was going. 15 people were, 15 worshipers were killed. Um, and so ISIS, ISIS attacked Iran, you're saying there. That, yes, that they, was, well, they attacked the, uh, ISIS is Sunni, is yeah. are Sunni Muslims, yeah. and and Iranians are Shia Muslims. And this yeah. was a Shia mosque. Yeah. I, you know, I get it, but I, I just, uh, you know, it's music yeah. to my ears when they're fighting amongst themselves there. You understand? Well, that, that's true. Uh, you know, I, I, I yeah. get that. But th there's more than that because there are these massive demonstrations now going on in the streets of Iran, mm -hmm. and and this is something that uh, uh, th probably more than 250 protesters have been killed in the streets, mm -hmm. uh, including 36 minors, meaning children. Mm -hmm. uh, but these are a lot of these people. This was started by young people. A young woman was um, was murdered. Uh, Ma Masa Amini by taking off her hijab and they didn't like it, yeah. right? Yeah. They and and they right. and they, she was murdered by the police, yeah. the, the Iranian police, because she was wearing a head covering, but her hair was showing. Mm -hmm. Okay, Jeez. that seems wow. to be a capital offense in Iran. Wow. So the people took to the streets. They have been demonstrating now for six weeks. Yeah. And it's not stopping, and the, the Iranians cannot stop it, it seems. Um, so this is something very, very serious. This could be, if they get mm -hmm. enough support from outside Iran, mm -hmm. this could be enough to overthrow. Well, let me Iran. ask you this now. We've talked about that, these potential protests that are not waning. They're they're getting stronger. That, that's what I keep hearing. Uh, you've got a, the, the brave women of Iran. I'm just in awe of, to be frank, put it right out there, Alana. I'm in awe of the strength of these women who have been so oppressed for so long. And I just see this as really potential of freedom and liberty for not just Iran, but for um, really Muslim women around the globe. This could have a massive impact is what I understand, Alana. You could speak about that better than I. But here's the big question I want to talk to you about on this or i really want to know is that with all of that happened at home and i see these reports uh, about potentially striking the the heart of the energy in the saudi arabia on which would just be a calamity event i mean i'll tell you what that's a game changer whatever level that happens at why it to me it would be a suicide mission for iran i i just find this story utterly over the top I mean, it would be a death way. As far as this is me speaking now, and I want to ask you, I see this. If they were to be so stupid as to do what is being reported here, I would think, Alana, it is a death wish for that regime. If the protests don't take them out, this one will, because Saudi Arabia will not hold back. If there's a direct attack, you know, Saudi Arabia, with the blessing of the U.S. and the U.S. are going right after Iran, I would assume. And you've got a whole nother calamity here happening. I, I can't see Iran doing this. Talk to me. Uh, well, I, I, I think Iran, Iran doesn't care about uh, consequences as much as uh, we do. Um, and they may very well do this as they have done it before. Um, they, 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 they attacked one of the largest uh, uh, energy infrastructures in, in Saudi Arabia. And they've done it before. And I don't see this as the beginning of World War III. But there's other things going on there. Because in addition to the riots and in addition to the ISIS attack, they have threatened a, to a, a nuclear attack on New York City, and they've threatened uh, to annihilate Israel. Uh, and none of th that 
either one of those things could be the beginning of World War III. So oh, it, sure. I think we're dealing with a lot more than just an attack on some um, Saudi infrastructure. And we don't know what we're talking about. I mean, because we don't know right. what they have in mind. And it could also be just a, divi- a di- diversion yeah. um, uh, in order to help them prepare for an attack of a different kind in a different place. Oh, that's now that's that's um, th- that I would buy what you say right there. That I could see, but I that that diversion, a distraction, more or less, not only from the protest, but another particular attack going on somewhere else, specifically Israel, whatever, which is enemy number one to them and the U- U.S., of course. Uh, but that would be interesting. Uh, I don't know. This is really fascinating with Iran. I think Iran. I um, my my guess, Ilana, is based on all of this. I think this regime, and if you follow this closely with Iran, I think they're coming to the, in whatever capacity or flavor it takes, but I think they're, my opinion is they're coming to the end of the, somehow their existence. Uh, I think that power struggle out there is bigger than most think. And with all of this happening in the world, I, I think it's kind of a tipping point. I think they've, they've overserved their purpose out there in Iran. Do um, you agree with that comment or? Uh, yeah, I, well, I think they have extended themselves far beyond their capabilities to yeah. uh, to to defend their their positions in so many different areas. And I agree with you that I think they have been uh, moving toward implosion for quite some time. And the fact that they have not been able to put these demonstrations down in six weeks yeah. is a is a, a very interesting sign that uh that's that mm. they are they are in over their heads and there's another thing you know Israel attacked one of their uh drone making factories in Syria at the end of October and uh what what this factory was doing was taking um uh, parts that were manufactured in Iran and then creating from them building um drone uh Iran- they're basically building drones mm-hmm. uh to in southern Syria to attack Israel so uh, the fact that they, that Israel took out this factory may also be something that is um, um, would encourage retaliation. In addition to this uh, new treaty that Israel signed with Lebanon to share access to the gas fields in the Mediterranean. So there's an awful lot going on there that we and Israel just had a new election and that is going to be a game changer. Yeah, so, and that's something we will uh, talk about in moments here in uh, Israel. That election is, how do you say, wow, 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 three times. Uh, it is wow. Uh, to me, um, one of the most interesting political figures in modern-day politics, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, is about to rise from the ashes, a uh, phoenix, if you will, and I just think he's a remarkable leader for a whole host of reasons. Wouldn't it be interesting? I mean, whatever your politics or your flavor is, friends, if think about this a moment here, talk about deja vu. But fast forward to the year 2024, 2025, the new prime minister of Israel is Benjamin Netanyahu then. And Oh, maybe the new president of the United States was Donald Trump. I, I'm just saying, don't don't shoot the messenger here. Talk about that. What that be a moment or what? Here's the other thing that's interesting. 
The other thing that's interesting with these stories we're covering today is that within all of this, I think there these are all evil stories to be sure. But I think there's some real opportunities here, actually, frankly. I think there's some real opportunities to get it right and to fix some of the evil in the world. Because let's face it, the evil is permeating all over the world. I mean, we're in a really tremendous fight here of evil forces all over the globe to, to the likes of something I, we haven't seen in our lifetime like this. It's getting even more wild. But you, know, you just speak about Russia and Ukraine, Vladimir Putin's sick. We speak about what's happening around and this target and this menace that they have become and the protest out there and all that's happened in the air. We'll speak about the careers and moments here, what's happened in the air. Speak about the election in Israel, what potentially will happen there. That's a significant story. Uh, and then, you know, who's in the back lurking throughout all of this? <laughs> you bet. China. <laughs> we talked a lot about Taiwan in past days, haven't we? And that's the other one. That's that's That to me is the thread and just lurking in the back of all of these stories. And, and they're very calculated. The, the, the communists are very, very calculated. Talk about playing the long game. <laughs> these people invented it, you see. And they are seeing all of these things. I mean, they play chess in a way that you, you have to really keep up and pay attention. You know, checkers, people that play checkers are not going to keep up with uh, these communist checkers players. And that's what I see is fascinating here and how that plays out and for developments in Taiwan or not. Interesting. But there are some real opportunities here, depending where America goes in these upcoming elections, not just the 2022 midterm, but the 2024 general election and the 2026 midterm. And if you really want to make the world a better place, let's just call it right through to you know 2028. You see where I'm at, friends. There, there's a real opportunity in the next 10 decade, next uh, 10, 12 years to really make some changes here on the globe in a in a really beautiful way, in a magnificent way. So that's that's kind of I mean, it could go the opposite way as well. I'm not suggesting that I'm not naive, but I am looking at some potential opportunities if played properly could really reap uh, here some rewards for humanity. Hmm. It's an interesting way to put it, I think, you know. Uh, we're talking to Ilana Friedman today, intelligence analyst, and um, she'll be back on with us shortly and we'll cover some more of those stories and get into it. And I want to tell all of my listeners right now that if you've been following this very unique series, Taking Back Control of Your Life, wow, that I've been doing with Dr. Henry Ely, Dr. H, which you know Dr. H out there, you just got to love him, man. He is he is uh, the, the best of the best. He is uh, really amazing. And, you know, we've been doing this series throughout the months of uh, September and October. It was initially an eight-week series every Friday right here on this broadcast, uh, The Voice of a Nation, uh, taking back control of your life. We're really talking about post-COVID world, our immune systems, talking about people with vaccine injuries, talking about long COVID, talking about all of these things. This is a program that impacts everybody. Now, all those broadcasts go to podcast. If you've missed them, it's an incredible library of work. And if you go to the menu up at the shows at americaoutloud.com, just come down there and you can get to them through this broadcast, The Voice of a Nation. But you can also get to them through the name of the series, Taking Back Control of Your Life is in the menu there. And even though it's part of this broadcast, just click right there. 
or on the left sidebar up at the top with all those activities. You'll see a graphic there. But all those shows are on podcast on that page, and there's great information and in-depth knowledge, links, valuable information in this series. Now, we've just extended it three more weeks right up until the holiday. You bet. I'm going to be doing a detox and cleansing and all kinds of things in the next three weeks. I hope you'll wish me well and tune in to see how I make out. I've made out so far marvelously well over the last eight weeks and doing all this with uh, Dr. H. You know, I want to read you this quick comment. I just got this in this morning. I just want to share this with you. I was glowing on this. Like We get so many cool emails. And so uh, we've had the, the reach out on this broadcast has been just crazy, wild. And we'll be, by the way, addressing a lot of questions this coming week, week here, this Friday's edition, a lot of Q&A. Uh, that you've been in, we'll answer a lot of your questions on the show as well, on the Voice of a Nation here on the Friday show. But let me read you this here. This is pretty cool. This is pretty good. Now, now, as I read this to you, I'm smiling grin to grin, by the way. Okay. So it's like this. This is from Marsha, first of all. I hope you're listening, Marsha. I don't know if you listen to foreign policy or if you want to be informed, but I hope you are listening. And it says here, so first, I would like to say that my husband and I both love you, Malcolm. You have been the one steady voice of reason through all of this chaos that started in 2020. (laughs) Wow. And Dr. H, you have the best voice that is just so relaxing to listen to. And I've been so excited to turn my health around with your advice. And then she gets into her quandering question after that email. Now, we'll be talking about that this coming Friday, the rest of that question. But I want to do a shout out to Marsha. And Marsha, you you hit my soul with your comments there because that's everything I hope to be. And it's everything I work hard to be here on the broadcast, what you say there. And so I love you back equally as much. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart, uh, surely for reaching out to the network here. This is the reason we do this. And it's the reason your comments and the fact you say what you say there has been truly a gift for me. That's uh uh, surely the nicest thing anybody has said to me today, in fact. So I'm going to take that one up for the team there. Uh, thank you, Marsha. Uh, that series, again, every Friday, uh, 6 and 11, right here, The Voice of the Nation. And all the shows go to podcasts. But again, going to do some heavy lifting in the next three weeks between now and and uh, Thanksgiving. So tune in. And if you hear this on podcast after the fact, and this magnificent library of work, it's all there, friends, taking back control of your life. So Now, there's another way you can take back control of your life, and that is the power of healthy cell. Indeed, the power of healthy cell. There is nothing like it, friends. And that's why I've been taking it for well over about five years now. Love the product. Love the company. They are the coolest people, I have to tell you. Immune Super Boost. Vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, elderberry extract. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bomb for your immune system. Boom. How do you like that? It's a micro gel. Gets right into your body quickly. Little package, travel easy with you. Take it with you whenever you want. Uh, I'm, I mix mine in a couple ounces of water because I take other things with it. And uh, which I talk about that on the, uh, the Taking Back Control of Your Life series with Dr. H., but it's fantastic. So immune super boost, the micro gel, take this better than the chalky vitamins. This thing is the way to go, friends. If you're not taking this, you're missing out. Okay. Uh, just put that out there. Also focus and recall with brain brain fog. A lot of people have brain fog for real with long COVID. This is a real problem, real problem. It's got nothing to do with uh, uh, Alzheimer's or dementia. It's just, this has been a hit. This bioweapon is not kind to our immune systems into our bodies, or the human body to be sure. 
Focus and recall will help you get over that. That's another micro gel, little package, same thing as immune, but this is a little uh, tangerine taste. It's good. The the uh, immune super boost like a berry taste. They're, they're they're phenomenal. And this one you take helps with the brain fog. God knows we all need some of that, right? Anyways, all of our listeners get 25% off that first order. Just use the code out loud. That's the key always here, friends, out loud. And you can do that by going to healthycell.com forward slash out loud or click the banner ad back at America Out Loud. It'll drop you right in to get the discount as well. And tell everybody about this. It's fantastic. And then also take a look at the uh, the uh, nasal hygiene while you're there from uh, Cofix Rx and Clear. Uh, and those discounts are all mentioned in those uh, products there. So anyways, we have great, great uh, partnerships here. Check those out, friends. Uh, listen, we're we're returning just moments here with Alana Friedman here. Uh, thank you for joining me here, friends. And uh, you're listening uh, to the voice of a nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Do you know there's no other condition that I'm aware of where vitamins and supplements make such a big difference than COVID-19? We have a, an abundance of data that we need to be replete with a variety of micronutrients, and that includes vitamins, minerals, and other substances our bodies need. I rely on Healthy Cell Super Boost. That's immune super boost. It's a, a gel pack that can be taken every day. I like to do it before I exercise and before I go out. It's a wonderful supplement. It gives me the immune super boost that I need. Go to HealthyCell.com, use the promotional code OUTLOUD and get a discount on your first order. Let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a pulvinone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called Cofix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered. To reduce your chance of getting hurt, you wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. Cofix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a pulvinone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the Outloud Network over and over again. Check out CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you, or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at CofixRx.com. Welcome back to the broadcast, my fellow Americans, and to all our dear friends around the globe. Here it is, Malcolm Out Loud here, and uh, always a privilege to be in your company. 
Uh, thank you for joining us here today. You know, one of the amazing things of life is when we get to do what we really enjoy doing. And well, I'll tell you, I was born for this moment, to be sure. And I'm having the time of my life, working hard, but really having the time in my life. Thank you all, friends, for reaching out. And of course, you can always email us here at the platform. And you can do that at talk at americaoutloud.com. It's an easy way to reach us or just hit the contact button back at americaoutloud.com. It's where the fight for liberty and justice continues right there, friends. We're talking foreign policy here today in a big way. Very interesting connecting the dots. Uh, this is a really fascinating program here today, and we're doing it with Ilana Friedman. Ilana's a veteran intelligence analyst, and she's been a part of our family here at America Out Loud for many years, and a very dear friend. Uh, our family of America Out Loud experts are just been the blessing of a lifetime, to be sure. And uh, what they bring to the table of all of these conversations are incredible. Yeah, it's why we're well-versed in all these things. And it's why I cover so much on the platform here, because I have expertise behind me. I don't suggest I do all this myself by any stretch of the imagination, you know. Uh, in this foreign policy, we've um, been talking to you about I Iran and uh, these uh, potential um, attacks against Saudi Arabia and energy and the United States. And the big story up front, if you didn't hear that, but uh, Vladimir Putin, it looks like he has got a uh, pretty much close to death. Uh, I don't know to what degree. I don't want to overstate that. But he has a pancreatic cancer that is spreading throughout his body. He has Parkinson's disease. Uh, well, I, I think uh, the forces of humanity will do what they need to do. And uh, the rest of this uh, will have to uh, figure itself out, won't it now? But it creates some very unique dynamics out there. Uh, all of these stories could be potential opportunities, but also could be potential uh, warning signs as well, friends, if something goes wrong. And before I get to the um, Israel election and uh, this uh, potential, the story of Benjamin Netanyahu, which I am just totally in awe of uh, this story here, I want to first talk to you, Ilana, about South Korea and North Korea and uh, Kim Jong-un, and uh, who is always... Uh, uh, yeah, volatile, um, kind of a little bit of a madman, uh, whatever capacity, but he also is um, uh, pushes the envelope. And some people find it very entertaining. <laughs> uh, when you least expect what you're going to expect, he tends to shake it up a little bit. Uh, he's one of these uh, very uh, unpredictable, I guess, best way to say political figures Kind of, a, I guess, a wild card. I almost would call him a wild card, Ilana, in all of these stories here. So here's what's interesting. They, he's been firing a record amount, 23 in a single day, uh, firing off uh, these missiles. The South Korea responded as well. Uh, they fired a number of missiles into the waters, uh, each other's coast, and an escalation of hostilities. I mean, this can't go well when you're doing these kinds of things. This is really, really bad. And the other thing I was seeing is he was uh, firing uh, across the line there. He was, um, here we go, the Northern Limit Line is called, Ilana. You know what I'm speaking about in Korea, the Northern Limit yeah. Line? Yeah. And so he actually fired Kim Jong-un below that, which hasn't happened, below that line, right off the coast of South Korea. So things are escalating, but Kim Jong-un is, I don't know, what's going on with him, do you think? 
Well, I, I maybe he's suffering from a deficit of international attention. I, I, I don't you, know. You know, I think that's what it is always. That's my answer right there. He's one of these cats that need he, he's like a little pet. He needs to he needs to be uh, his ego stroked. Like that's what Trump was yes, doing to him I, to get him to back down. You know, right? Exactly, exactly. And one of their missiles fell thirty five miles off the South Korean uh, coast, wow. and that's that's really too close for comfort. Um, it, it's, it's just, uh, uh, he's, he's flexing his muscles and showing what he can do. And I think he, he may be bored. Um, he's a child, you know, he's, got a, he's, he's a, a child, child. but, but Ilana, he, he, let me ask you this here. I, I, he, he doesn't, I mean, what does he have to gain, uh, with, uh, really, I mean, if he was to do one of these for real to South Korea or Japan or the United States, whatever, what would he have to gain? Because the immediate throwback and hit back to him, I would imagine, would be catastrophic. Well, I don't think there is any comparison between uh, his defenses and the defenses of South Korea, who have uh, uh, United States uh, military support. Um, I, I don't. I, I don't think. Um, um, I, I don't think Kim really cares. Uh, he. He he's a child. He's playing with his toys, and he wants attention. Um, and his way of getting attention, you know, uh, North Korea was working with Iran on the development of nuclear weapons for uh, quite after uh, 2012. Iran moved a lot of their development to North Korea, and until they blew up a mountain with their tests, um, they uh, were making a lot of progress. Uh, and and I, I I don't but I don't think he's I I think really he loves the attention he wants to be uh, uh, in the news he hasn't been in the news for quite a while and I think maybe he misses it uh, he's not going to get the attention from Joe Biden that he got from Donald Trump but um, uh, sending all these missiles was a was a power play for him. And um, the question is, what comes next? Yeah, I, I think you nailed it right there with your analysis. Yeah, but, you know, you said something right there that hit a nerve with me when you mentioned Biden, uh, the attention versus Trump. And actually, that was an underlying point before we jump into Israel, Israel and this massive news here of the election. Uh, let me discuss that with you, because I thought of that coming into the broadcast today in the fact that, uh, you know, Biden is disconnected from any foreign policy. I mean, he's disconnected domestically as well uh, from any sense of reality. But surely in foreign policy, this is never, even on his best day, even forget the health challenges, has never been his, uh, uh, his success. It has never been. It's always been an Achilles heel to him. Very big weakness uh, to uh, Joe Biden. Very weak in foreign policy. And all of this is happening around the globe. And I started thinking about that more and more. If you got the wrong leadership, it's just like when Afghanistan blew up, you recognize you had the wrong leadership there. They made all the wrong decisions that had catastrophic consequences that empowered the enemy, that left billions of dollars of equipment in the enemy's hands, that did an asinine, embarrassing, uh, ridiculous withdrawal from any particular region we've ever been in. We've never had anything like that. Nothing's come close to that. So he has failed, which brings us back, Ilana, to the point of Robert Gates' famous statement that he basically has never, um, he's worse than any foreign policy decision he's ever made, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, so 
with Biden now and this disconnection and foreign policy being as aggressive as it is right now, uh, this to me is a real concern because he's, you know, just don't know what kind of decisions he or his people, his handlers are going to make. That should weigh a little heavy on the upcoming election. And I don't believe it is, which was part of the reason of doing this broadcast today, actually, because this could have easily been pushed off and done after the election. But I th- I said to myself, no, 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 no. This is really important. This is important for the electorate to hear this stuff. You, you know what I'm saying? You know where I'm at? Yeah, I do. And I, it's an interesting point. And I hadn't given it much thought, but the timing of this yeah. may well be connected to uh, Kim's interest in influencing the election in some way. I don't know that he has a clue about how it would influence the election. But I think from Biden's point of view, uh, he's going to get a lot of uh, fluttering around him. Uh, but I don't I don't expect the the Biden administration to do very much about this, if anything. I don't think they can. You know, I, I keep going back to Reagan's, uh, um, uh, his, his whole philosophy of peace through strength. Yeah. And what we are showing now is a lack of strength, a complete lack of strength. And we are viewed... Um, if not with laughter by the rest of the world, then certainly um, uh, with disdain because of our 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 very very serious weakness in international affairs. Yeah. We simply are not there. Well and- said, well said. And you know, you know, tongue in cheek, Ilana. But maybe Biden will have a trip out there to the demarcation line zone there <laughs> where Trump did exactly right. What are the chances yeah. of that? Yeah. Huh? I'm not not too good. I don't. I I don't see him doing that. But I don't. But he would probably. I don't know. What would he do? He would trip, or he would forget the, his lines, or something. Um, yeah. I, this is, that's that's not in the cards for Joe Biden. No. He's not going to meet with no, him. No, you have weak leadership all the way. This is why I want to bring to everybody's attention these stories we're talking about today matter. I know people are you know zero focused, uh, laser focused on the economy and the energy and crime and all of these things that are vitally important. But don't ever rule this stuff out we're talking about today because this changes the game and the quality of life for every American, to be sure. I want to go right to Israel now, Ilana, and talk to you about, uh, well, uh, surely uh, this is pretty central to Middle East politics, but central to world politics. You know, we reported six, eight, uh, five, six, seven, eight months ago, we did a couple of broadcasts, you and I, with IQ Al Razuli, one of our other uh, uh, terrific uh, partners here, uh, who lives out of the UK, uh, IQ does and um, has a really good sense, as you know, uh, with uh, these geopolitical uh, battle lines. Uh, specifically Israel, he travels to Israel a couple times a year uh, to and really focuses on these things. He was born there in Iraq as well. Um, you know, he uh, and you were talking about the fact that this could very well happen, that we actually reported on this some months ago. And I was I really wanted to believe you all, but I really wasn't sure if it was real, what you were all talking about. But you were discussing a potential political comeback of Benjamin, Benjamin Netanyahu. And I was always uh, been a fan of his. I, I mean, I'll just put that in full disclosure out there. I've always been a big fan just because the way he he holds himself on on the um the, the foreign stage and uh, the foreign policy 
And the and he's such a patriot, such a patriot. I love people who are passionate about their countries and uh, the way he is, the way Trump was. There's something about that that's very exciting, I find. And he bought, you know, not not without controversy, I'm saying. Any good person like that, they all come with controversy and a baggage, to be sure. There's no perfect in any of this. I'll just put that out there. But I've always been, uh, uh, you know, I remember listening to a lot of his speeches on the United Nations floor, uh, Ilana, and he just, you know, really captures the moment. So tell us what's happening with the election. Why is he close to resuming power? They have a different way of doing politics in Israel than here in the United States, to be sure. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? And now he's got to put together this political power to be able to do it. But it looks like he's on the verge of doing almost the unthinkable. It It is almost the unthinkable. I'm not sure that there is a historical precedent for what's happening in Israel today. Wow. Uh, the, 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 the Israeli elections, first of all, when you go to the polls in Israel, you don't vote for an individual, you vote for a party. And in this last election, are you sitting down? There were 38 political parties who were registered to run. 38. So and we can't ever get two here to do it right, but I can't yeah, imagine thirty-eight. Right, yeah. So maybe because they haven't been in interfered with too much because nobody can figure it out. But when you go to the polls, every every uh, party has a letter or two letters, if there are that many, uh, and um, and you you and each letter there's a stack of papers with this one letter on it. And then there are these little boxes and each box has a different letter in it. And you have to choose the letter for the party you want to vote for. That is how they vote there. That's it. And um, the, the Netanyahu is the head of his party. They make a list of all the party members who will who could be in the Knesset if they got uh, you know enough votes. And uh, he is number one on his list. That means that if he, his party wins, he gets to probably the, the likelihood is he will be prime minister. Now, the the what happens though is because there are so many parties, nobody gets a majority. And so then once there is uh, one party with enough votes, uh, the 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 leader of the party uh, starts negotiating with other parties who are like hopefully like minded. And together they form a coalition. There are 120 seats in the parliament, the Knesset. Right. And of these 20, uh, 128 seats, uh, at th this part, this coalition has to have at least 61 seats. That right, well, let, let, let me let me interrupt now to you there. Yeah. I love the way you explain that to listeners here, so they really get a sense of what you're because you're you're dealing with real world politics here, and the Knesset is sort of like our Congress. It's the parliament there. And Ilana, as I understand it right now, correct me on this, but they're projected, the last things I've dived into here uh, just this morning, they're projected to win 65 seats in that 120 seat, which would give them a majority then. It, that kind of gives them the license, doesn't it? Yes, because what's happening is that he already has alliances right. with several other parties. And with the with the combination of these parties, Yeah. Um, they will have, I think the last I heard was 64 seats. Okay. Um, but it could change because they're still counting votes. And that's with 86, almost 90% of the vote now, by the way. So that's a lot. Yeah, and and yeah. just to give you an idea of how important this is to Israelis, 
They've are they have they have had more than seventy percent of the eligible voters voting in this election. Wow. 70%. Well, that's great numbers. I wish we'd get that here. Yeah, uh, in, I a, so too. in a good way well, that people would vote. But now the the, the current prime minister, uh, Labid, he has uh, they're only on track to win maybe 50 seats. Yeah, well, he will. They will be in the minority party for sure. And the question is, um, you know, what what happens next? Well, the ne- what happens once once BB turns BB is the, the nickname for Benjamin Netanyahu. Yeah. So when BB um, gets his uh, coalition together, he will meet with the president. We have in Israel, there is a prime minister who is actually the guy who runs the country. And there's a president who handles a lot of the honorary uh, uh, things, you know, the things that that are uh, like like officiating at ceremonies and greeting yeah. guests and things like that. Um, so the president, he goes to the president with his um, with his list and the president, if the president either sends him back to the drawing boards or he accepts the list. And the prime minister and and Bibi then would become prime minister. Well, let me ask you this now: uh, How does Iran feel about that with Netanyahu coming back into power? <laughs> I think they they don't love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, uh, uh, Bibi Bibi is a he has spent a lot of time in America. Mm-hmm. He is heavily influenced by American values. Uh, he spent did he go to school time. here for a bit too? I think he went. Yes, he did. He went yeah. to MIT. I think I and so. he. Went uh, and he grew up his he spent his teen years I think in Pennsylvania yeah so he's his English is perfect um he understands American values and I want to say something here about Israel and America if you look at Israel and the way their politics progress you will see a reflection of what is happening in America mm-hmm. when we had all the riots in uh uh, Portland and 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 Seattle and Chicago and in Los Angeles and so forth. They were having riots in Israel, and it was these these were all political stuff, and it had to do with the same kind of issues of acceptance of of uh, minority groups like gays and and you know LBGTQ whatever. Um, this is um, this is something that that we have seen for many years is that Israel follows politically or mirrors politically what's going on in the United States. And when we ended up with a liberal government, they ended up with a liberal hmm. government. Yeah, yeah. And when we, they, we started having this red wave start to build, they started having a red wave building as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now the question that I have is, is what just happened in Israel a reflection uh, right. an advanced reflection of what is going to happen. Which is what I uh, mentioned at the top of the broadcast, actually, a lot of, you know, it's kind of an interesting place to end, isn't it? You know, kind of thing, you know. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to mention something to you here. I'm gonna, In fact, I'm going to challenge you right now, Alana. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sitting down or st- I just want to make sure. Make sure you're I'm sitting, sitting down. down. Okay, away. so let, let me fire away here. I'm going to challenge you with something here. All right, so... I don't whenever I, I don't have a timeline on it, but I'm, I'm going to give you a task here. Somebody who has strong ties and relationships to, to Israel and you still have ties out there, so on and so forth. Get me an interview at some point with uh, Bibi, with Benjamin Netanyahu. Will you please? <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, I don't promise. I knew I knew Bibi before, long before he was yeah, prime minister. I know. And uh, we were trying to work together on a couple yeah. of projects. They didn't work out, but. But uh, that was a long time well, ago. 
How do you well, remember me? You got um, inroads in there. Listen now, I mean, this is a man with everything you just described, celebrates uh, all of the things that we love and was here, understands sure. the values. Uh, yep. You know, just play some of this tape back for you can actually clip some of this and send them to him the way I think he's one of the most interesting political leaders of our modern uh, political era. Uh, and uh, listen, I, I would think somebody like that would enjoy immensely being on America out loud. Well, I think it's a great idea. I, I don't know that I'm the one to do it, but I uh, certainly... Well, I'm going to task you with it right there. How's that? Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> that's your new that's your new operation there, Alana Friedman. Alana Friedman, thank you. You are always uh, amazing and uh, a delight always. Alana uh, is just full of uh, just wittiness and great, valuable information and um, always appreciate her here, friends. But I got to tell you what, now you'll know I put that out there publicly to get me that. So what do you think, friends? You think she can get that interview for, for us or what? To bring him to America? Because I'll tell you one thing I'll promise you. If we get him on here once, we'll have him on here a second and third time and fourth. You better believe it. That's the way you treat people. And then they do come back. I think he would find a home here to be able to get that truth out there in a radio broadcast that actually is heard around the globe. Uh, and uh, that's not a bad thing, friends, is it? Uh, people from all over the United Kingdom, people from all over the parts of Asia and Australia, New Zealand, love America out loud and listen in regularly to the broadcast here. A lot of it's because of the unique and the variety, the variation of programming. You know, the fact that in the earlier hour today, even on broadcast, you heard me talking with uh, uh, probably the greatest physician in our country right now, Dr. Peter McCullough. I'll talk about major health concerns in COVID. And then in the next hour, you hear me talking about foreign policy and what have you. Pretty interesting, isn't it? But more than that, you hear great voices throughout the 24-hour day period that America Out Loud broadcasts. And you know what else is interesting? Our analytics play overnight. And we have a lot of interesting analytics over the evening hours, which we would be considered in the U.S., a lot of people are asleep. You know, you're thinking overnight, but not to be. People from all over the globe tune in. And for them, we're seeing numbers that uh, continue to surprise us. That sometimes will equal numbers during the primetime day here, if you can believe that. That's not a small statement to make, friends. But that tells you the growth of the network and interesting pieces here that are happening here. Well, listen, I thought it was very interesting to put this out there today, connecting the dots on all these massive major foreign policy stories. And I think my message is don't uh, don't uh, underestimate any of these stories, uh, friends, from being a significant point uh, and a reason we should vote with clarity in the election with our minds and our hearts and our souls. And that's Democrats and Republicans and independents and moderates and all of the people here in our country. You know, remember, a lot of us all want the same thing. We want to be able to raise our, our families and we want to be able to have good good paying positions, we want to be able to enjoy the fruits of our labor and enjoy all the blessings of life uh, that God has blessed us with. Many of us want the same things and, and, and we want people to be able to live their lives, uh, you know, in whatever capacity they wish to, unencumbered. And uh, that, that's really what it is. I think we have a lot in common, actually, with that. So anyways, in, invite uh, those folks, your independents, moderates, Democrats to the broadcast here and. Tell them they're, they're, they have a home here. We'd love to have them into the broadcast here. Thank you, my friends, for joining us here and being on the mission. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.